Two squads were hex contiguous, a chain of three with SMC, nine adjacent to a unit in line of sight, even at night. A 25.23 chive, no HOB, nor APAT C, just IPC, no LLTC, no pin result, move by impulse, cover lots of ground, enemies found into their hex, it gets complex. Russians, they send men without end into the fray most every day. Rushing really blew my mind me the star of a movie <laughs> spill wine dig that girl spill the wine spill the wine i like that part spill the wine 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 okay well hello everybody <laughs> jeff and i were just reminiscing we were remembering days that uh, we don't remember because we're too young. We, we, we heard about this uh, time in the 70s, but we are too young to remember it directly. Well, it was music my older brother had. There you technically. go. Technically. There you go. Oh. I had an older brother too. Yep. That's why. Yep. This is episode 324 of the one and only podcast dedicated yeah. 100% to the greatest game in the world. Oh, advanced squad leader. <laughs> and we, we are the... We are the two half squads. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And if you don't know us by sight, that's okay. Uh, when you meet us, just stick out your hand. You'll recognize the voice. Yes, you will. So, mm-hmm. but though, I don't know. It's the one and only podcast about squad leader. But, you know, the podcast, <clears throat> I don't know if you knew this. The podcast arena is filling up. <clears throat> we know. Yes. I read today, I got an, an email today from Bill Gates. Bill Gates is starting his own podcast. I mean, when you're to the point where the richest people in the world have their own <laughs> podcasts, what does this mean? Maybe it means something good for you and me. I hope so. I hope I he know. has us on. He's going to have movers and shakers of the 21st century. That would be us. You know, talking about environment and, and AI and space travel and all kinds of interest, you know, plant-based meat products oh. and all that stuff which is not going to be nearly as interesting as what we're going to be talking about tonight, which is advanced squad later. That's right. Which will always be of interest. Anything new in your world, Jeff? I don't have too much really at all. Um, no, you know, I just wanted to add a little bit onto the story I told uh, a few episodes ago oh. about taking the president of Sansui, Japan. Yes. To McDonald's for lunch. Yes. I didn't add the other part where, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but the president of Sansui USA, the USA division was, or as, as the Japanese call it, Sansui, not Sansui, Sansui, um, was named Yoda, Mr. Yoda. 
And he always swore up and down, and you have to believe him, that he met George Lucas on an airplane in first class. They were fine first class somewhere. And he told George Lucas his name, and he knew him from the original Star Wars, and the new Star Wars hadn't come out. And he thinks that's where Lucas got the name Yoda for the character Yoda. So. And there's no way to prove that. There's no way to prove it. George Lucas. Yes. Is listening could, and... We could call George or when George gets interviewed <clears throat> by Bill Gates, we can call in. And I'll say, George, we, we know the same guy. We know Yoda. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I, I just wanted to add that on as a to complete the story. Well, in that episode, after we did that one, the teachers were here for the teacher party and they were, a couple wanted to come down and see the studio. I said, well, it's at my friend Jeff's house. Yeah, the studio. <laughs> and it's right. really just a soundboard and a couple of mics. Yeah. And they're like, really? You don't have like a studio? We're like, no. No, <laughs> no. That's a great idea though. So then they were really like, three or four that stayed the latest they were all really like what so how does that work what do you talk about what do you how many listeners you know and i told they were impressed i mean it still is kind of impressive to get 500 downloads right away and yeah probably about a thousand people over the time the shows up and new people come in and older people leave and then come back and people write nice notes and we do get very nice support and we get some support on patreon and, and we do Ding, ding. We love you, Patreon supporters. <laughs> the bell's still in the other room. Ding, ding. <laughs> um, I'm guessing Bill Gates will not be, you know, pushing to sign up on Patreon to support his podcast. Oh, yeah. He'll need, he'll need, he'll need the support. Yeah. And um, buy me a cup of coffee. So the the uh, one teacher, though, that we went to a party the, later that week and she said, oh, yeah, I watched it on YouTube. That Megan's song and... Then you guys were talking and talking. I'm like, when are they going to get to the boring stuff? <laughs> really? I said, well, as I told you, there's sometimes, you know, 10, 15 yeah. minutes of non-boring stuff, of we think. <laughs> and so she really wanted to hear about the game. She goes, yeah, then when you got into the game, that's a, com- that's a different language. That's a foreign language. I could not understand. <laughs> what you were saying i have had i have had relatives tell me that they they like listening and after the first 10 or 15 minutes they still like listening because we it's it's like two friends talking but they have no idea what we're talking about no idea no idea yep so and of course the interviews are different and whatever whatever but uh yeah we've had some great interviews i gotta say really great interviews lately yep so are we going to uh, smoke a cigar? <laughs> I brought cigars I, for those of you who are listening instead of watching. I've taken some, my I've taken my cigar smoking up to a new level, which is I'm having one a day now. Oh, you are! It's the only vegetable I get anymore. <laughs> well, that's because I'm on a keto. I'm on a high fat, high protein diet. But a keto doesn't that include fruits and vegetables? No, just cigars. That's a vegetable. It's, I guess it's technically a fruit as well. <laughs> Tobacco, um, yeah. Yeah, but I've taken to smoking these and I, I'm bringing these back. These are kind of long and thin and green wrapper. It's called a Candela wrapper. Oh. It's very popular back in the 70s. You watch the old 70s movies in color. There was always the the police cop, the police chief or something opening one of these. And 
<laughs> pulling it out. Uh, they're not as popular anymore. The brown cigars are more popular than the big, thick ones. Yeah. But I can't get, I can't keep those in my mouth. It's like having somebody's <laughs> toe in my mouth. I don't like it. So I got these thin ones for Dave and I for after the show. Yeah, we'll do that. We used to have alcohol on the show. Now we should light these up right now. Uh, yeah, not in the house. Not in the house. Okay. <laughs> I'll um, be back in 20 and, minutes. And I might pop a beer later. Oh, okay. Well, I might do that. Soda for now. Drink tea all day long. Anyway, it's good to see you. We just came off of 4th of July. I hope your we 4th did. of July went well. The rocket's red glared. Yep. The bombs burst in air. Yep. Yep. Not in your not in your face or anything. No injuries. You got all your nope. fingers and toes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I hope everybody was safe over the holiday. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Jump right in. Let's go to the show. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. Rules. All right, and that means it's time for rules we have rule 25.23 jeffrey where we left off last show is that where we left off we did okay human wave i believe you a question for you right off the bat right out right out of the gate as they say who may conduct a human wave which nationalities you you can humans (laughs) humans it's not just human not just any humans in the game specifically what kind of humans the russians and the um I've only ever done it with the Russians. I'm sure you have, but another group of people that massed them all and came charging. Well, around. the Japanese with the bonsai charge, but that is a bonsai, so it does yeah, reference. So that's it. different. It's the basis for yeah. the bonsai, yes, and for the cavalry uh, wave, cavalry charge. Okay, but there's one other nationality in Asia. China. 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 Yes, the Chinese. Yeah, I have never played the Chinese. Yep, they may do the human way. Yeah. There's I don't think there's all that many scenarios with yeah. the Chinese. And we've just lost. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we've well, we've done a lot of the Japanese scenarios in yes. the action pack on Vassal. I wonder um, if there was one game. There may have been one or two in there. But they tend to be smaller. Yeah. yeah. Probably okay. be doing human way. Yeah um put it on my to-do list yeah and then you're not playing korea that's dave and right so yeah but they have a different rule in korea they have the it's not a bugle. okay i'll screw it all up (laughs) it's not a bugle bugle charge but it's a oh it's impulse it's oh it's it's infantry impulse movement something where they they have to move toward a top but it's different than a human wave okay so um, I think we did cover that rule or maybe we skipped that one. Cause I didn't get it that much until now that Dave and I have done it a couple of mm. times. Okay. So, but we may have talked about it when we were talking about the uh, Korea module and with our, um, the designer too. Yeah. Okay. You and I did. That's right. What's in the box. Okay. Okay. That's right. And some yeah. of the rules. And then he, yeah. we talked to the designer. Okay. So the attacker may declare a human wave during his movement phase by selecting greater than or equal to one participating multi-man counter to be in it. And he can't do it by himself. So he has to have people with them. How many average 
per hex. It's a chain of hexes. How, yeah. How many minimum hexes does he have to have to start? Uh, two. Three. And how many multi-man counter average per hex? Two. Yes, that's where you're thinking too. Yeah. So I yeah, forgotten that. Yeah, at least so you can have one squad, I guess, three squads, and then two squads. Okay. Averages two across the three hexes at least, and it can be bigger. But the but the leader, the human wave leader, the human waver, <laughs> has to have two adjacent hexes. Uh, no, he could be and... anywhere in the chain. Uh, right. Okay. He can be anywhere in the chain. On the left. But it's got to be two. Two more besides two. himself. This, but, well, he can't be alone, I don't think. Right. Yeah, he has to be with squads. So his hex and two other hexes. Well, I'm making this harder. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's just three contiguous hexes, and <laughs> okay. it's at least two Okay. Some squads. people can't say contiguous. You contiguous. Know, just... Contiguous. 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 Mm, it's a and then must all the participating units be in a contiguous contiguous <laughs> chain of adjacent locations? Uh, sorry, I was just thinking about something else. Can they be in adjacent <laughs> locations instead of just hexes? Oh, adjacent locations. Um, so one, oh, that's a good question. One guy's in a yeah. foxhole and one yeah. guy's not. Yeah. Their adjacent locations. Can they just? All yes, I think together? that counts as. Yes, two. Yes. Yeah. Must they be in good order? Yes. Yes. Can they have already started their individual movement phase yet? No. No. Can any unit in the human wave chain be a guard unit, a Russian guard? For mm, he'd have to get up, give up his guarddom. <laughs> he would, so he cannot. Yeah. The guards don't do human waves. I yeah. guess. Well, that I, makes sense. I had no real memory of that at all. Probably the scenarios where I was doing a human wave was full of conscripts and yeah. first line, you know. And it makes sense. You're not going to say, come on, okay, you prisoners, come on, we're charging. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is that what they meant by guard? I thought they meant the guards elite. Oh. <laughs> I thought, I, I just assumed they You're meant correct. guarding prisoners. You are correct. Yeah. I that's why my mind was blown. Oh, okay. Like, a guard unit cannot a four what is it a four five eight or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Cannot be a human wave. Were they not expendable? I guess <laughs> the guards. We can't be the only two dopes in the whole of squad leader and advanced hey. squad leader. Can we? Yes. Is that possible? <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Maybe that's why people listen. They just can't believe the depths. Oh, that's what of it, our that's what it meant. Guard. Lack of genius. Wow, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> Can can they be a conscript? Wait. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. Sure. Yes. They're can they're it? easily uh, <laughs> pushed, yeah, pushed, pushed into, into it. The... Come on, everybody, follow me. Bayonet in your back. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, can it be a passenger rider crew? Um. No. No. Except if it's a cavalry wave. Riders. Riders. They're yes. all riders. Then. Right. Yes. Or adjacent to and in the same hex as an enemy unit. Don't ask any questions about that. I don't know. Okay, let's imagine it. So if you're I'm adjacent write a book all about to that. adjacent to I'm a crew. Yeah, I just don't ask. Okay. At least one unit in the human wave chain must have a line of sight to an enemy unit. Okay. Within Eight hexes, 
which the chain will move toward in that movement phase. Ah, but the leader of the human wave movement this, the, does not necessarily have to have that line of sight. No. Okay. Yep. And then the chain will go toward that. And so do the human wave units lose any concealment when they go charging across? Yes. Yes. Are they exempt from heat of battle results? Which might make them disrupt or go berserk. No, I don't think they're... I, I, yeah, they cannot do that. They are right? exempt. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because if you, Okay, because they stay in the wave. If you roll a berserk in the middle of the wave, then you get all kinds of confusing things, right? <laughs> That's a good reason not to allow it. It's confusing. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's probably a little more to do with the group think of the wave. Two, maybe. Do they take a patsy before they attack an armored vehicle or jump in a text? Yes. I would think so also. I think so. But guess what? I'm right. No. I'm wrong? Yes. I made it all the way to July 7th without, <laughs> without being wrong. For the year? For the year. That's pretty good. That's that's not bad. Except wow. Last show. But yeah. yeah. Well, we don't. Yeah, no, not counting. That's, that's right. So uh, they don't have to take a patsy. Oh, they don't have to take a patsy. Okay. Uh, can they ever be pinned? No, no. Exception, of course. Of course. A minimum move, wounded single man counter, and if a hut collapses on them, oh, then they're pinned. Then they're pinned. The Hate that. Yes. Does their morale level change when they start human waving? Yes. It does, much like a bonsai. Yeah. But how what, or what change? Does it go up or down? Oh, it goes. Uh, oh, no, I'm I'm thinking it goes up, but this is when I would have to look up. But I'm thinking it goes up. It goes up. Okay. By one. By one. Yeah. Yes. And then are they considered lax because they're just crazily running at people? Yes. Yes, they are. Forgot about that. Mm -hmm. I don't have my cheat sheet in front of me. And then what happens if the Russians wave and the Germans don't wave back? A lot of disappointment. It's, wah, wah. it's just sad, isn't it? Sad songs on the those little Russian accordions. And <laughs> come out. Wah, 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 yeah, they have those really kind of dirge-like songs. Yeah. You know, wah, 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 Volga Boatman. <laughs> Yeah, we are so sad. You wouldn't <laughs> wave back when we waved at you. <laughs> now, this next section, twenty-five point two three one. I just thought you should read it because I oh okay want, didn't want to tackle it. Yeah, you want me to just read it? Sure, we're straight out of the book. Yeah, okay. Twenty-five point two three one direction of a human wave. The attacker, that's in all caps, must choose a hex grain or alternate hex grain that includes the target enemy unit. And that is as and that is as close as possible to a human wave unit that has line of sight to and is within eight hexes of the target enemy unit. So that makes sense. Okay. It's got to whoever's spotting the target enemy unit has to be within eight hexes. They have to be uh, obviously in line of sight and 
choose a hex crane. Choose a hex crane. Or alternate, which zigzags a little, right? Right. So the direction along the the human wave alternate hex. Let's see. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Oh. This human wave alternate hex grain should be. This human wave hex grain or alternate hex grain should be marked with the HW direction counter. So that's a red counter with an HW on it. Yes, little arrow. Yeah. So for those of you that are not familiar with them, you probably look at that and you probably think that stands for um, the, like this way to Hawaii. <laughs> no, it's human wave. So you take that and you mark that with that counter. The direction along the human wave or alternate hex, uh, alternate hex grain uh, towards and beyond the target enemy unit is the human wave direction. So you point it at the direction. And then the whole wave's supposed to all go that way. That's right. Any exceptions to that rule? Um, a unit conducting a bonsai charge against an enemy unit in the same hex cannot be used to establish the human wave direction. So you can't start another. So does that mean you like you can't start a human wave oh. if you're already in the hex with I, an enemy? Unit? I think it's saying when you're doing a bonsai charge, then that applies. Only when you're doing a bonsai charge. Okay, that's the exception. Because the I think yes. Okay, bonsai kind of says basically use these rules yeah. probably. Okay, and then okay with these exceptions. Um, if no other unit can establish a human wave direction, then only the units in the hex may participate in the bonsai charge. So that's part of that further exception. Yeah. So they've got a little, um, a couple of uh, graphics here that are worth looking at so that you can see how the human wave direction would lay out depending on where the enemy is. So you can see whether you're facing them or along an alternate hex grain. And you can see it from the you're not going to ask me to describe these little charts, are you? These well, little... now I think I can. Their description is, I thought, a little wordy. So yeah. really just if, if you're going down the hex grain, it's the one ahead of you and the two to the sides. Yes. Makes a little. If you're going along the hex grain. Yes. Yes. If you're going at the apex or the vertex of the hex. If you're starting in your hex and you're moving along a vertex, then that is only the two F forward, right. forward. Okay. And then the other next two become side um, locations. Right. So. So then. So that's, that's where it got so wordy was that forward and side locations. Yeah. Thing you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. The one ahead of you and the one to the left and the one to the right, but yeah. the one not behind you to the right and the one on that <laughs> left behind you. If you're playing Gladiator, that hex, you get a plus two because your shield's over here. And only a plus one over here. Yeah. Back here has a neg one, neg two, and then a neg. Um, it's daunting. I can't help but see that. Uh, so then during the human wave, two or three of the hexes adjacent to the. Oh, no, that's what I thought was too birdie. So movement. So now we got our forward hexes. Yeah. Hex grain, three ahead of us. Alternate hex grain, the two ahead of us. All human wave units have how many movement factors? Um, eight. Yes, indeed. Which is one of the great things about human wave. Get your infantry a, a, a long distance. A very long distance. Can that ever be increased? Um, 
No. No is correct. And I can't imagine why it would ever be increased. No. Yeah, it's pretty generous yeah. to start with. Yeah. Can they enter enemy occupied locations as yes. they move? Yes. Yes, of course. Yep. They go right in. Can they assault move? Wow. Um, you know what? Maybe the move's just one hex. A human wave it? One hex. They're in a chain. I guess everyone so. has to start running. Yeah. And then they're just going to say assault move for just that guy? Well, no, I think move. everybody would have to do it, wouldn't they? Everyone has to human wave, and no one can assault. Move. Yeah. Okay. Because they're yelling and running. Yeah. Can they then use a dash? No. No. Can they search? Do a no, search no, 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 we're human waving. Can they carry more than their IPC? No, no. Can they attend athletic events and then do the wave there? Uh, they can if they go to the concession stand and get uh, drinks. Yes, they can. But they have to have yeah. a lot of drinks to do yeah. the human wave. That's right. The human wave units must move using impulse movement, which is like you move one and move the next one, the next yes. one, the next one. And then everyone moves another one after that. Um, each impulse, for each impulse, each human wave unit must, if possible, do exactly one of the following and cannot expend the movement factors for any other reason. They must move to a forward location or move to a side location that contains an enemy unit. That's the only... So, so far. Normally, yes, so far. Yeah. Okay. So you're... If you move and then you see, oh, maybe someone hidden unit turned up or something. I don't know. Maybe they shot at you, you and they're on the side. Yeah. Or you then you, the you're allowed to turn and go kill and get them. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going forward. Uh, you may move up or down in a building while moving closer to the ground level. So I think that's like you're already upstairs and then you're human waving and you got to go, go down, down and across the street. But you can't go up. Unless the upper level think he has the only way forward. closer to the ground level or an enemy unit in the hex in the building so yeah oh, okay okay an enemy yes right otherwise you're going down out of the building to go attack okay um and then what you... if you're what if the only way across the street is upstairs and through the sky bridge you cannot use sky bridges oh no sky bridges no wow no you'd have to stay low and then fall in the crevasse yeah Okay. When do you say crevice? Yes. I have, I just avoid the word because I'm not sure what I'm too embarrassed. So they, they may also move beneath the Ponji wire. Just to go forward. Okay. Move above an entrenchment pillbox counter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Move below an entrenchment counter containing an enemy unit. Woo. Move below an entrenchment counter or into a crest status. Yes, okay. If, if lacking the movement to go all the way up the crest to yeah, the next okay. location, then you can go up and stop there. In addition, it may perform any non-movement factor dependent actions as per D14.31, which I didn't look up. Okay. So. Is there a human wave cheat sheet? Suddenly I'm thinking. Uh, I can look through my stuff. Yeah, I have. I have to look and see. I think there's got to be. There must be. Uh, if a human wave increases its range to the human wave hex grain or alternate. So 
increases its range. I think it would mean like you're moving further away. Yes. So as you move left and right, left and right on an alternate hex grade, um, grain, then you try to go left, left, and left again. You're moving further away from the chosen path. You got to bring it back. Okay. To the closest hex of that hex grain. And okay. Then, yes. Oh, and if you oh, and if you move further away, you actually mark it with a range counter. I don't I have no memory of what these look like. They kind of came out after I did a lot of human waves in the basic game. They, mm. they came out later when they kind of improved the human wave rules. Um, and that's I think to remind you that it can't go further away the next turn. Okay. So and then okay, you got to come back to the to the range direction uh, later on, and then it's removed. Uh, or at the end of the movement phase, it's removed. So it's just a mechanic to keep you from cheating. Yes. You know, okay. You, you Got to go forward, and then some of these squads on the right flank. Say, boy, I'd really love to go overrun that machine gun nest up there, and they start all turning to the right, going off that direction. They got to, <laughs> yeah, they got to stay forward. They've got to stay forward. And, but and do they have to stay adjacent? Ah. Uh, or do they break uh, the chain now? It's going to come up here. Oh, okay. But my memory now is thinking of the Chinese ones we did in Korea with Dave Timonen. Okay. Yeah. In, in which case it had all different exceptions. Okay. So it's confusing my brain yeah. a little, but may a human, which is hard to do, may a human wave unit enter a location that it left in a prior impulse during the movement phase. So I just left the hex going left or right or forward. Can I then go back to that hex in the next impulse? No, I don't think so. No, you got to go forward. Yeah. May it enter a location adjacent to such a location? Ah, skip that. The answer is no. So, <laughs> so you can't enter a location adjacent. To, what does that we, mean? We can't explain the question, but the answer is no. Do you want to try reading it? No. <laughs> no, go ahead. Try to read it. Let's see what it says. Uh, let me look. Uh, 25.5. Range. The range counters from, oh no. A uh, human wave unit may enter neither a location that it left in a prior impulse, that movement phase, okay. nor a location adjacent to such a location. That's what it says. If the human wave unit is unable to move to a new location, it must spend its remaining impulses in its current location. Okay. So, so if, you run down, if you run down an alley, and it's a dead end. And it dead ends. You're stuck. Yeah. And you've got to use the impulses, which means I think people can shoot at you for each movement point you're using. Yeah, that would make sense. That's why yep. they're saying that. Yes. And yeah. then getting near the end of this here. Defensive first fire. Our minefield attacks in the location that's being left resolved immediately as each human wave unit moves out yes yes is that true for oba and residual firepower um yes yes yeah yes um although i was thinking like wait resid you don't take it when you leave a hex no that that i was thinking that too but, but if i thought you come out of a foxhole oh then you're taking it you're there you're taking there you know if sure. you spend a movement point in the hex yeah you take it before you exit. Right. Yeah. Um, however, such attacks in the location being entered are resolved after all human wave units have finished moving. 
in that impulse. Okay. So, so you, you leaving, take all your damages first. Roll before, it, yeah. And then you <clears> enter <throat> a new minefield or an OBA. Yeah. For some reason, they say wait until the end of the impulse to then roll. Okay. And after that, the defender can first fire on new locations. So after the human wave squad in question moves into the new hex, they can start being fired upon. And, and yeah, but OBA would go first. So if you move in, yeah. into OBA, you take right. that shot first, take that first, then you get the defender. Sure. Fire. Okay. Enemy units. If a four location enterable by a human wave unit is devoid of armed friendly units and contains an armed known non-disrupted enemy unit, must the human wave unit move to that location or an access it must move to that location or an accessible location that contains either a known enemy unit or a pillbox occupied by such a unit so if you see an enemy you have to go toward it yes you can't ignore That's, it and yeah. just and wave yeah. as like a human go to that empty lie. hex when that hex has somebody there right, right. Um, which might give you, I suppose it might give a defender a reason to expose an, a hip unit or something so they could disrupt an otherwise human wave that might be heading somewhere else they don't want them to go. Yes, yeah. that'll be true. Okay. Yeah. Once any human wave unit enters the location during the impulse, the location is no longer devoid of a friendly unit, freeing other human wave units to not have to go in there also. So right. Okay. send in a squad. The first next, guy that goes in, the yeah, next guy can bypass can him. Like, oh, you, not bypass you, you kill them. We're yeah. going to get this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Upon entry of the enemy occupied location. You make it sound so fun. That you kill fun. them. You kill them. <laughs> we'll be over here. <laughs> this way. Is um and so then once you get into that location to kill them, <laughs> yes. should we then mark all the units with a CC counter? Uh Yes. Yes, you yes, should. Yes. And if a location contains one enemy single man counter only, infantry overrun. Remember that rule? Right. That's automatic. That's where the squad can, can just enter the single man counter's hex. Like he's trying to block you from exiting the board down the road or something. Yeah. You just enter his hex anyway if you have enough movement factors and then do this overrun with a check and then he can do stuff. But in this case, does that usual overrun need to check the normal normal test check for the squad to overrun them when they're all screaming in a row? And I would I wouldn't think so. Nope, it's they don't have to check. They okay. just go in, and it doesn't even use the normal movement costs. No, it's just normal move, not the double. Yes, so it uses normal, not the double movement factor costs. Okay, can the single man counter then? Oh, he, he cannot. He can, you know, I guess there's some way he normally can move out of the way of the single man counter overrun. Sounds familiar. Okay. Uh, he can't do that here. And then if the location contains disrupted unarmed enemy units, um, then the normal rules for disruption and melee against guards and prisoners applies at the end okay. of the impulse. So it's like they're... Yeah, you step into a... Hacks with disrupted guys. Then you go to the oh, what happens when I capture disrupteds? And you yeah. use all those rules at okay. the end. Okay. So to end the human wave, does a unit remain a human wave unit, even if it's no longer adjacent to another human wave unit? This was your question. Oh, earlier. that was my question. Um, I should remember that. So if they're all running along, these four guys in the middle squad gets vapoed. Yeah. KIA'd. 
Is this guy suddenly like, oh, I'm not going to run anymore? No, I think they keep going. They keep going. Yeah. Yep. Until it is eliminated, broken, out of movement factors, or at the start of an impulse in a location containing an armed known enemy unit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or he's now a guard because he captured a single man counter, unarmed, disrupted units in the phase there. Okay. When does a human wave end? When there are no human wave units left. That makes sense. Or, wow. Sounds sad. Though. It does. It or, does. Or no human wave is able to enter a new location. Then it ends kind of like when it's run out of steam. Yeah. Okay. So all the eight movement factors are done for each impulse. And may a unit that's been part of a human wave use advancing fire? Oh. Wow. Yes. It may. May yeah. it advance. Yes. Yes, it may. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. And that is the human wave rules. Oh, makes me want to play. I also put in partisans from nationalities. Okay. Very good. short. Yep. Um, what nationality are partisans? Uh, they're from Partis. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a trick question. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Yeah. They can be any. Yeah. Yeah, they can be any nationality. Except but, for Americans. Um, yes, no occupied territories. And British, well, right? Someone's so going to no correct British us part. on this. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I don't, remember reading something about yeah, it. But I, I don't think of, of, no, historically, I don't think about any American or yeah. British partisans, but maybe there was this group that was captured somewhere and got freed and then they were partisans? Yeah, possibly. No, I don't know. <clears throat> Kelly's Heroes. Kelly's no. Heroes. Yeah. No, it would be uh, the Dirty Dozen. No. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. But what is the standard firepower of a partisan? Um, four? Nope. Three? Yes. What is the range? You got to visualize that counter. Three. Yes. And morale? Seven. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. They are represented by three, two, sevens with a broken morale level of... Six. I didn't finish the sentence. Yeah, six. Yeah. It's not increased. Are they considered stealthy or lax when in good order? Stealthy or lax? Or lax. It's one of the two. Yes, they are considered <laughs> stealthy or lax. It's one of the two. Oh, stealthy. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. Are they affected by special rules for their nationality? So can Russian partisans do a human wave? Um, oh, man. there's a You ask a lot of good questions. Do British partisans have tea time? <laughs> they have to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the part of being a partisan. That and a good hat. Yeah, so that's a no. The oh. Russian units are treated as partisan units. A Russian, a Russian partisan's a partisan, not a Russian. Okay, so they don't participate in human waves. They that makes sense. And they don't yes, do right. all the other things yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. that the, each nationality has. They're just local citizens who don't gain those benefits from, yeah. I guess, the training of the military. Do partisan leaders have any... Oh, exception. They Russian partisans can have a commissar. Okay. Do I guess that makes sense, but would it depend on... Let me think. I had a question here. The only thing I know is that it would it depend on who they're fighting. Like if they're fighting the 
I wonder if there's something different between it fighting the Finns or the Germans. Commissar Rule 25.22, too. Okay. Which then would I'd say that up. only during certain years, yeah. and then you exchange a leader for a leader. You I'm, would probably remember that from playing uh, Winter War, right? Well. Or uh, Hakapale. No, there weren't particularly partisans in those. Oh, there weren't. Okay. No. Okay. No. Yeah. Do partisan leaders have any leadership effect on nonpartisan units? No. No. And vice versa? You speaking Latin now. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was French. <laughs> well, they're all romantic languages. I remember I had a teacher that says, used to talk about, yes, and that's one of the romantic languages. And, you know, I didn't know. I thought it was like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> romantic languages, <laughs> hey, baby. That's what I would have thought, yeah, too, but Spanish, I never took languages. It's any language that's descended from Roman. Is it? That's the you know, From Latin, language. which would be Vice French, versa. French, Spanish. Vice versa is Latin. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what was the question? Do partisan leaders have any leadership effect on nonpartisan? On nonpartisan. No, and I think vice, and vice versa. Yeah, I think no again. No is correct. Yeah. And how about versa visa? <laughs> yes. Correct. Yeah. And what is the partisan ZLR? And even that I'm asking means it's probably something special because it's, it's normally be very special by the year or situation. Three. Five. Yeah, I should have known. I should have known well, that it should be high, right? They have the rules so they don't go down in quality levels yeah. and stuff. They just go to two half squads. Yeah. So, but it's also kind of like the real elite troops are often a five. So right. you're like, but they're not that elite. But no, but they're fighting for for their homeland. I think it's part yeah. of the uh, psychological advantage they had. Yeah, in that way. And then. um is that regardless of the ELR of nonpartisan allied forces? So if the Russians have a three, are the partisans still a five? Yes. Yes. Indeed. Do they ever surrender during the route phase method? Um, since you're asking, I'll say no. No is okay. correct. <laughs> I could feel it. I could feel it yeah. in your, the way you asked the question. Are they considered elite or an experience for any purpose? No. No. Do they ever become disrupted? Yes. No. I tricked you by oh. in my head. Yeah. You. you I yeah, can't they say don't, it. They don't this be is a disrupted. family podcast. They don't disrupt, and then they can't surrender by the route phase method. They just keep sneaking away, trying to get home. They got to get home to dinner. That's it. No. That's it. But I, that that upsets me that you asked that way. Get home to now, you people that are listening with young kids, put your hands over their ears. I'm going to be strong now. <laughs> Darn you, Dave. Movement. Partisans may be subject to special scenario rules that give them specific movement advantages in woods or urban areas. If that's the case, then the partisans are moving as a combined stacked with nonpartisan units. They can give them that advantage. Okay. They can, they can guide them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And then does last thing, does ordinance used by partisans use the red or black to hit numbers? Red. Red is correct. I don't, I don't think. And I've you are that. a winner, Jeffrey. Ding, 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 ding. You've achieved 80% correct answer. I'm proud. I stand tall. You always stand tall. Yeah. You got about an inch on me. 
Stand tall. All right, sir. Excellent. Well, Jeffrey, it's time for what's in the box. The box. Which is our patented, copyrighted, and etc. Much cherished. Yeah, that's our title. You cannot, people cannot borrow that. No. That's it. We don't care. And it's okay. ASO journal number 14. Sorry, I'm not used to bubbles. Um, <laughs> journal 14, sweet. When did you get that? Just the other day from Ritterkrieg, but I had to buy it. But that's okay. And yeah. LFT also. So we'll be getting that to that in a future episode. And some Hasmo, too. We get to that in a future episode. Yeah. Today, we'll take a quick look here, then. I don't think you can buy the ASL journals at Bounding Fire Productions, but I got to say, they've got a lot of stuff. I was on their website the other day. You can indeed, and you can get the LFT over there too. Yes. I should have done that. Yeah, it's a great spot to go. So if if we want to give Bounding Fire Productions a little bow or a little nod of the head, a tip of the hat. Indeed. And uh, one of these. And thank them for sponsoring the two half squads. They've been a sponsor for a long time, and we love them very much. We do. And Dave and I will get back to our re- our playing through of the Operation Neptune very yes. soon. I'm looking forward to seeing tomorrow those. Very good. So Journal 14. Wow. That is sweet. It is mostly sweet. Oh, I can't show when I have the background up. Yeah. That's all right. No, nope, we're taking it out. podcast anyway. Oh, yes. So we have to remember to use our words <laughs> to yes. describe things. That's right, Dave. All right. So off the bat here in Journal 14, we have... Talk in your mic again. Hello. Hello. Hello, Dave. Yeah, you're coming through. <clears throat> a view from down under this magazine is mostly written by andy rogers with some al palazzo we'll, we'll get into it as we go and it is a wonderful little piece of work with some cover art here we'll have to cover later in the box art review oh yes and the first thing up here is Aussie and Kiwi stories. And so we see, we learn about some heroes, Red Saunders and um, Tom Diver Derek, who were Victoria Cross winners. You can get your history. You can learn about insignias of the units and so forth. I thought I'd read this little intro here by Andy Rogers. At its core, this journal is about the scenarios. Where possible, Aussie and Kiwi stories behind some of these scenarios are included. Uh, there are roughly 200 scenarios, not in the magazine, but involving the uh, Aussie and Kiwi forces, only a portion of which are from official publications. This journal, along with the recently released ASL Action Pack 16, which was the From Down Under right. pack, uh, greatly increases the number of official Aussie and Kiwi scenarios. Of the approximately 150 scenarios involving Australians, the Aussies are on the attack 63% of the time. This is one of the highest attacking percentages for any nation fought for the duration of the war. That fought for the duration of the war. 
and an editor's note, only the Canadians had a higher ratio being the attacker in a, in a scenario. However, the majority of those occurred post-July 43, whereas approximately 70% of Australian scenarios occurred during 1941 and 1942. Who tracks this stuff? Yeah, well, I was just wondering that, uh, but I will keep my opinions to myself. It's interesting to know. There's a cool picture of the um, Aussies doing that dance thing. Do you remember what that kind of thing is called? That's a dance thing? Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh. I remember not, not the Aussies, but the Aucklands. Oh, the Aucklands, the New Zealanders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. Sorry. Boy, I, are we gonna be in trouble? I know they're gonna yeah. come, they're gonna all gonna fly up here and punch <laughs> us in the head. Yes, indeed. And then at the end of that article, it points out that the enduring solution to Australia's submachine gun requirement was found locally an avid australian inventor with a strong interest in firearms evelyn owens spent his teen and early 20s teens and 20s perfecting his submachine gun later to be known as the owen submachine gun it was largely finalized in 1938 but did not attract much commercial interest until later when they made a lot of them and so i just thought this was interesting too i have not seen this particular submachine gun very much Part of that is I hadn't played a lot of ASL. <laughs> I gotta see it. ASL um, miniatures. Oh, okay. When I painted my miniatures a lot, I don't know anything about firearms construction. I wonder that, that would be an interesting job. Maybe when I, if this computer thing doesn't work out, <laughs> you could I'm go into that. Start building firearms. Yeah, it's a very sleek, just metal thing. You yeah. Know? There is a little note about the Hatton and Flames board being designed on Yay. this side and a Battle for Crete historical perspective, which runs about the paratroopers and so on. A scenario replay. You get to a scenario replay. Always AP. fun. Yes. Who's one, playing? 161. That is going to be Andy Rogers and Aaron Cleven. Oh, Cleven, okay. do you say? So you can get some pointers about, take a look at their setup and stuff, what their thoughts behind that. Uh, which scenario are they playing? Uh, 161, AP 161, and Zach oh, Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't highlight a whole lot of any new kind of tactics and strategies. It's a lot of infantry. There's no vehicles in this one. Uh, there's a list of seven magnificent seven tournament play options. These following seven scenarios are short. You can use them in your tournaments from this packet. Mm -hmm. And then it's also a, a, a little bit on Hatton and Flames. And there's this revisited article. Ah, so we covered that and was it in 13 or the one before that, maybe that yeah, had I think an article with some good strategy and tactics. And what they've done is Break broke this out into a map with seven situations all in the map occurring. And they put these orange dots to point out to us where these kind of strategies are happening. Like one, protecting the edges. And so over here, they're pointing out you want to move your tanks on the edge of the board mm -hmm. so people can't flank you oh. much. You know, it's a, it's a free... Because that happened in real life. Well, yeah. <laughs> How do we protect our tanks? Stay on the edge of the board. Yeah. What? Yeah. 
Yep. It's a game tactic. Oh, yeah, it's a game. Sounds a little sleazy. Um, tackle from two directions, pretty obvious. And then number three is a shoot and scoot. And so strategically, you can be reminded that if you have a Hellcat, American tank, thinly armored, open top, pretty big gun, but it could, it when it a Panther comes down the road to it, and they talk about here specifically, but uh, remember to pop smoke and go in motion as a defense, hmm. which I, I remember talking about Bob Holmes from doing that to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, darn you, you're escaping, you know? Um, but he says this hedge would allow you to get away safely next moving phase. However, you could consider taking the Panther out frontally with an APDS ammunition with this gun. If during the first fire, you get the APDS shot, but it bounces, it doesn't penetrate, you're no longer eligible for a motion attempt though. However, the next movement phase, you still have a chance to survive the turn if you have a 60 millimeter mortar in hex H18 or any game you're playing, you know, or a bazooka 45, uh, it could land a white phosphorus shell mm -hmm. and then give you the cover you need, cover your startup and the next move. So he's kind of saying, I never thought about that. If you don't get the APDS shot and the kill and you're like, oh, I'm doomed. Well, he's going to shoot at me when I start up. He's reminding you, put other weaponry around it that can cover its escape. Okay. Yeah. Other smoke making things. Yeah. Um, four spread I out. I could get my brain to work that way. Yeah, <laughs> to think, to to work in the real combined arms. Yeah, yeah, better than we do. It's going to take more play. Yeah, they're pointing out you got to time your surge forward here. You need backup people. You need a bit of spotted fire over here. You, you they got a situation with a hip leader on level two and a hip mortar behind it. Spotted fire. Never works out for me, but I always think it's a great idea. It is. They're pointing out in this game, it's uh, better than a heavy machine gun. Firstly, it provides more smoke options for right. both the German attacks. Sure. And secondly, it can um, still threaten a rolling Hellcat because those things are open topped. Oh, okay. So the mortar can yeah, take yeah. those out. Yeah. And it won't attract as much American return fire as a heavy machine gun. What they're saying. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Still, it never works out for me. But I'll try again. <laughs> Spotted fire has always been iffy. Get that extra plus two on it, but once yeah. it fires, yeah, a good range it. could be an eight hit. There's a map of Marco Polo Bridge. I think it's an upcoming product, and I didn't see any other note about it. Oh, okay. So I know that was produced. Um, okay, I. And we interviewed over at your house. They had done a whole. Marco Polo, a whole Chinese um, Civil oh, War set. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll put it down below on the screen. Okay. <laughs> the listeners will just, you know who I'm talking about. And so then the next article is talking about a Mark IV, how it evolves from being equal to a T-34, and then how it's not equal to once the T-34 upgrades. Mm. Which I think you all can fit, you know, figure it out in a way, but it's nice to see it spelled out here and talk about a little different options you can do. And then the, another Hatton and Flames article, the stalemate continues, and he's pointing out that by January the 
uh, the battle had ground to a halt and the village was increasingly in ruins. The Germans sought to attack the American positions further to the south of Hatton with fresh armored divisions. Uh, the activities of this SS unit were captured in three scenarios, AP-174, Forrest Goom, J245, Factory Fodder, and J244, Bowden's Woods, in this journal to ensure that Americans remain pinned down in Hatton. Germans launched a series of spoiling attacks. And so he's done a very good job throughout the whole magazine in incorporating all the scenarios that apply in bold print, whether it's in the history on the Australian, New Zealander stuff, or if it's in this Hatton and Flames revisit, because there are apparently new scenarios here from that. Wonderful. You talk about the tank damaged tank losses in the Hatton battle and how the Hatton in flames map moved from these historical versions. Oh, how it evolved to the current. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. To then a rough draft and then yeah. a, given, given the Very Charlie cool. Kibler treatment and what it looks yes. like. Um, and on Basel too. So, yeah, that, I like that a lot. Another article, Sparrow Force stories. And so in this game, the Sparrow Forces um, are prominent, which were Australians. And then they talk a little bit about how the TO and E were done for these. And some more, a little sidebar about famous people, again, historically um, and then a look at the campaign game for Sparrow Force defense. Um, oh, no, this is the defense setup. But apparently it is – I'll switch over to this. And you have the map. <clears throat> I do. Map SF for yeah. Sparrow Force. And so this little mini campaign game is really just two-sided sheet of paper – and uh, it is really three scenarios that are are used in a row, but it has options for team play, special rules for certain aspects of the battle that are more like a campaign game, points you can spend, special rules about when to spend them, a little couple notes about the terrain on the map that Jeff has there. Where is this action exactly? That's in West Timor, okay. which is shown in the magazine, of course, in a historical article. Yeah. Talk all about it. And it's played, again, on three scenarios, and the winner gets bonus stuff. So what do you see there, Jeff? Just lots of variety of terrain here. There's plenty of huts. There's woods. There's marshes there are wow fields yep. there are orchards uh rice paddies i'm thinking yep. rice paddies are yeah uh, i mean just such a variety of paths through the different areas roads up and down of course and uh i mean just very uh not long lines of sight so don't think you're going to sit on one side of the board and hit the other that never happens in asl anymore or anyway except for the desert but um just a beautiful variety yeah i really like the rice patties the way they yeah, swing the artistically really cool. swing around there yeah in like a s shape um 
all together. Not a lot of elevation, which I also like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit on the western side. Actually, it goes up a couple levels on the western side, but not too much elevation. Beautiful, beautiful map. Well done. I am not familiar with this action at all, so I'm looking forward to reading, uh, borrowing that. Well, I won't borrow yours. I'm going to get my own. You can get yours from Bounding Fire. Yeah, I definitely will. And so they do point out, like, bonsai charge danger of the Japanese coming is to have one principle is to avoid having to final protective fire against a bonsai charge because that forces you to take a check right um and it helps you to bend and not break and they're showing how you're gonna have to fall back as the Australians in this scenario and that's from the third scenario and then an article on all the king's enemies which I did not get to the back a breakdown of the scenario dingoes at the more which is ap163 whole breakdown with great maps tactics things to think about both sides this is by aaron cleveland john knowles and alan smee and that's ASL Journal four, 14. How many scenarios you got there, Jeff? Just there's a lot. Scads. Scads. There's got to be 24 scenarios, I'll guess. Let's see. It goes from 223. They're, they're probably not in order anymore. So they're 245. So about, yeah, about 22 scenarios, looks like, which is fantastic. It is 24 ESL scenarios. Okay. 156 page magazine, four chapter Z rules pages, and one big Sparrow Force historical ASL map. And so we got to give kudos to all the guys that uh, designed these. I'm seeing the name Simon Spinetti quite a bit. Andy Rogers is in here quite a bit. I know how much people like to hear their names on the air. Aaron Cleveland, of course, is in here. Who else? Uh, Paul Siege. S-E-A-G-E. -E. We'd be up for an interview with some of you gents if you'd David care to Longworth. contact us. Oh, yeah, we would love that. And until next time. Time to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up. Okay, we're going to fold the tents. Pull up the pegs. Pull up the pegs. Put the elephants to sleep. And we'll see you all next yep. time. Leave our garbage campsite. <laughs> see you next time for another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. We hope you'll be back. We know we will. We will. And in the meantime, roll low. And rally well, but, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Don't do it. Bye-bye, everyone. Do us a favor and don't do it. Bye, everybody. We're human waving. <laughs>